Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. I want to start by giving you a quote from Albert Einstein, and I hope this quote will inspire you as to why you need to get involved in this. Albert Einstein said this, the world is a dangerous place, not because of evil. I'll say it again. The world is a dangerous place, not because of evil, but because of those who look on and do nothing. I will say that to you one more time. Albert Einstein said the world is a dangerous place, not because of evil, but because of those who look on and do nothing. And so we know that this is an opportunity for us, right in our communities, right on our block, to do something. We have individuals who have organized teams just to sweep their block and to bring hope to the block that they, that they live in. And so again, that's why we're urging you to respond to this call to bring about a sense of hope. Let's just quickly look to the Lord in prayer. Father, you, uh, we, we, we ask for a spirit of revelation. We ask for a spirit of wisdom and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would know the hope of your calling. And so, Father, we release that prayer today, that we would know the hope of your calling, that while we might stumble, while we might fail, but when we connect and reconnect with you, we can come up into a greater stature. We can grow up and we can receive the glory of God. The light of God can not only come upon us, but it can exude from us. And so, Father, we pray that you touch us today. Quicken our minds. Quicken the, the, the hearts that hear this today. May they respond and may they begin to declare in their communities and superimpose life where there might be death and superimpose hope where there might be hopelessness, Father. We pray that individuals would, would accept and agree with that call today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We want to establish some, some foundation today. And so I want you, if you're taking notes, I want you to, to write this down. Kingdom consciousness. Kingdom consciousness. Janine, if you could turn to, to Acts chapter 1 and read uh, verses uh, one through uh, three, Acts chapter one. So we wanna give you a framework because it is, um, it is your, your lineage. It is your, our responsibility as sons and daughters of God to expose who God is wherever we are. And so we wanna give you a framework. Janine, if you could read those first three scriptures. And Janine and I often tell this joke uh, that she works for Audible. I'm just a joke. She works for Audible. She's the best reader that I have ever we'll see. met. Go ahead, Neen. Acts 1, verses 1 through 3. Absolutely. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive mm. after his passion by many infallible proofs, Amen. being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Stop right there. Stop right there. So, so when Jesus... This is, this is Luke's interpretation. So when Jesus arose from the dead, he was with his disciple, his disciples for 40 days. I want you to understand. So he was alive after he arose from the dead. He resurrected from the dead. He removed the stone. He came out of the grave. After he came out of the grave, he was on the scene. Somebody type uh, in the chat, he was on the scene for how many days, Janine? 40 days. He was on the scene for 40 days. So that means that he only had 40 days left 
to be with his disciples. Now, Janine, for those 40 days, what did he talk about? He spoke of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. For 40 days, this is, this is, this is critical that you are established in this. For 40 days before Jesus Christ ascended, he spoke specifically concerning the kingdom of God. He didn't talk about X, Y, Z. He didn't talk about life after death. He said, I want to make sure that you are established in the kingdom of God. He didn't even talk about going to heaven. He didn't talk about singing songs. He didn't talk about worship. He talked about for 40 days, the things, plural. And so I, wanna, I want you to know that he's giving, us, um, he's giving us something that's critical, that for 40 days, he laid out all of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And that is why Jesus said this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. Why? Because he wants the kingdom of God to be a priority. He wants the kingdom of God to be the number one thing in our life. It's a big rock. So if you get the kingdom of God as the number one thing in your life, it will, it will govern you. It will be a paradigm for which you will live. And Janine, turn to John 14, 26, and then you'll release some things as it relates to the kingdom of God and how, how they relate to the day of hope. John 14, 26. Janine, can you read that? John 14, 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Excellent. Whatsoever, Whatsoever. I have said unto you. Excellent. So the, the Holy Ghost, write this down in your notes or put this in the chat. The Holy Ghost has all of the information <laughs> pertaining to the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's good. The Holy Ghost has everything you need to know. So all of those things that Jesus was talking about for the four, those 40 days, the Holy Ghost has the information. He has the database. He has, the he, has the, he, has the, he has the hard drive. He has the database. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you lost, your, your computer was stolen or somebody took your database or somebody took your uh, jump drive, but the Holy Ghost has all of the information pertaining to the kingdom of God, and you have to avail yourself to the Holy Ghost so that he can teach you. Yeah. Ah, you already know it, you just can't remember it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You were <laughs> in God before the foundations of the world, but when you came out of God, you, don't, you can't remember what you knew when you were in God. He said you were in Christ, before the foundations of the world, but it takes the Holy Ghost to go deep down in your spirit, Carla, to pull out what's inside of you. That's why he said he will teach you all things. Janine, turn to this last scripture, uh, Romans 15, verse 13, and read this because it shows the connection between the Holy Ghost and the hope, the expectation that's inside of you. So the Holy Ghost, while she's finding that scripture, the Holy Ghost is the one who will release creativity upon you. The Holy Ghost is the one that will take you and show you what to do on your block, what to do in your marriage, what to do in your neighborhood. The Holy Ghost will give you novel ideas. My goodness, he'll give you novel ideas in creativity and show you how to work it. Read um, Romans 15, verse 13. Romans 15, verse 13. Read that loud, Nene. Now the God of hope. The God of who? The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power 
of the Holy Ghost. In, in other words, our God is a God of hope. And if you are his son and daughter made in his image and his likeness, and what that means is his nature. So just as God, I'm going to give you the like-as principle, just as God is a God of hope, you are like him. So wherever you are, you are hope. So in your household, you are an embodiment of hope. Yeah. Uh, on, in the workplace, you are an embodiment of hope. Uh, in your community, you are an embodiment of hope. So as soon as you come into an atmosphere, that atmosphere should shift because you are there, because you represent the God of hope, and he is inside of you, so where you are, God is. So as soon as you step into a classroom, if you teach, as soon as you step into the hospital, as soon as you step That's into, good. I don't care what neighborhood that area is, um, as soon as you step in there, God is there because you are there. Well, you said, well, wait a minute, don't I need my pastor to be there? You are there. In fact, you become the pastor there. That's you good. become the apostle there. You become the prophet there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You become the teacher there. You become the evangelist there because God is inside of you. And that's why the scripture says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. So when people don't have hope, all of a sudden they start to devolve. Not only do they have physical sickness, they take on mental sickness, they take on physical ailments, but when hope comes, life comes, vibrancy comes, energy comes. So imagine this, you are the one, you are the one that brings energy to the environment. You are the, you, you have the key to end violence. Mm -hmm. You have the key to address the mental health. You have the key. And that's why he said, I've given you the keys <laughs> to the kingdom. Because the keys of the kingdom, they unlock doors. They access things. Mm -hmm. And so this is why we want you to understand the framework. And so when you have keys, you don't have to fight. You say, well, slow down. I got the key. And some of those keys, prayer is a key. The blood of the lamb. Fasting is a key. What's another key, Janine? Executing the power of the blood. A executing the power, decree and declaring, the applying the blood of Jesus. All of these are keys so that you become a, a warrior, if you will. Uh, wherever you are. So God is not placing you somewhere where you won't be equipped to do what it is that you need to do. So yeah. Janine is going to come and just give us some more uh, insights in terms of the kingdom of God and how to connect them to the day of hope. And so another, another tool that we're supposed to use, not the scripture says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb, yes. right? And by the word of our testimony. And one of the things that as I listened to um, many of you who spoke to me since last week that I realized is That's that good. there are some, there's some trepidation, there's some fear, there's some hesitance for some yeah. people about about sharing with people, about inviting someone. And I just want you to know that that's okay. Mm -hmm. We can press through that together. We don't want anyone to have shame or fear or to, to feel like they can't be a part of the day of hope. And so um, the Holy Spirit really led me to, to share my story. Uh, we overcome by the blood of the lamb Amen. and by the word of our testimony. And so I'm gonna just tell you a little bit about my story. Uh, and in it, I pray that you would, you would be encouraged, that you would know that no matter who you are, where you come from, that you can do this. You're, you were made to do this. God <laughs> put everything in you that you need in you in order yes, for sir. you to do this, Success okay? It job. doesn't matter how young you are, whether you're young, old, or in between. It really doesn't matter. It's not about degrees or... Uh, how long you've even been a child of God. It's about hearing, understanding, 
knowing and then obeying the word. It's that simple. Mm. It's really that simple. Amen. And so while I grew up in the church, as they would say, um, I, I really didn't come to uh, a real understanding and passion for Christ until my early teens. I was about 14 when I started, 15, 14, when I really started to understand some things. But because of my parents who had us in church, I went to West Oak Lane uh, daycare school. I still remember the song we sang every day. Um, we went to church, we were baptized, we prayed together, right? But when I, when I started, so I always had a, a passion for God, an appreciation, an understanding of him. I remember um, as a little girl, my parents gave me this wallet. And I love the wallet just because my parents gave it to me. It made me feel like a big girl, right? There was no money in the wallet or anything really significant. Not even five dollars? Not even five dollars. Maybe a little something, toys or something that I had stuffed in there. But I lost the wallet. And I remember vividly as a young child being really upset about having lost the wallet. But I also remember that my go-to after looking everywhere and not being able to find the wallet was to pray. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I remember tucking myself away in the house and saying, God, please help me find my wallet. Like I care about my wallet. Just the mm. child of a heart, just asking for something they cared about that they couldn't find. As a matter of fact, I went out on the lawn. Uh, we had a, a pretty nice size front lawn mm -hmm. at, at our home. And my dad had this rickety, crooked, heavy, white cement bird bath there. And I don't know, I guess I just thought that would be a kind of a good place to pray. So I, I went to the bird bath and I asked God to help me find the wallet. And the wallet showed up. And I remember how much that impacted yeah, my faith as a little girl. And so, you know, th these things mm, were a part a of my story. heart. I, I loved God as, even as a young girl. When I got a little older, and this is key, a friend invite your neighbor, change the world, right? I was in high school and a friend invited me to go to church with them on a Friday night. I had not a clue what I was in for, <laughs> but I said yes. Mm -hmm. And so invite someone to go with you next Saturday. And guys, Saturday is just a launching pad, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to reinvigorate what we all should always be doing Excellent. every day anyway. But I said yes to that friend who invited me to a Friday night prayer. And it was a small, uh, as, as some folks would say, storefront church with nothing fancy about it. As a matter of fact, Omar, it was so cold mm -hmm. in the church that I remember us going into the office of the pastor. It was small. It was like a yeah. box, maybe not even the size of where we're standing now. And we were all around, and uh, I'll never forget her. Pastor Maxine Wiley began to pray. Now, I grew up in church, but I knew nothing about what we're reading, mm -hmm. Acts 1-8, sure. Acts 1, 28, you know, Matthew. I knew nothing about yeah. going and, and, I, and, and teaching people about Jesus. I just knew you go to church, you pray, be you a good home. person, you know, and, and do it again. I knew nothing about the power of the Holy Ghost or the evidence of speaking in other tongues. But that, that, that <laughs> night, something happened to me. And I know it was God because I had no frame of reference for what I experienced. Mm. As Pastor Wiley began to pray, mm -hmm. and as the other people in the room, mm -hmm. thank you, Jesus, began to pray, something literally came over me, and I felt the power of God, and I began to speak just like in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, in other tongues. Yep. And I just let it happen, right? When we got in the car, my friends who had taken me said, do you know what just happened? And I said really? And they were laughing at me because they had grown up in the Pentecostal church where you learn about that from the beginning. And they explained it to me. And I said, wow, I could never deny it because it was something I never knew. And it changed mm -hmm. my life. What I can tell you mm -hmm. is that that day that my friend invited me Powerful. and I said, yes, 
it changed my life forever. Guys, I've done a lot of things, but I can tell you that nothing that I've done without the, the power of the Holy Ghost has ever meant anything. Mm. Anything I've done that ever meant anything teach, happened teach, teach. because I Ghost. knew that I was filled with the power mm. of the Holy Ghost. And that happened that day because somebody took a chance and said, Janine, do you want to come? They could have been embarrassed because they mm -hmm. didn't know what I knew and whether I would mm -hmm. be scared if I got in a company That's of good. people who were praying at, at the, to that degree. They could have thought a bunch of different things. Remember, I was a teenager. They were a teenager, but they said, come. And so fear not mm. because my yes to their invitation changed my life and it changed my children's lives. Yeah. Because everything that happened to my life from then flowed from that point, be it good or bad. And so I want you to know that this is not about your fear or your hesitance. If that's where you are, I just want to really encourage you to press past that and ask yourself, what will or will not happen in someone's life if I don't, if I don't invite them Amen. to this day of hope? Okay? That's powerful. My... Uh, family loves music mm -hmm. <laughs> and so if you if you if you can't hear what I'm saying that way maybe you remember a song by uh, Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes Go featuring ahead. Teddy Pendergrass you want to sing no, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> no I'm anybody you, remember I'm the song that first. said wake up everybody right no more sleeping in bed come on y'all know the song everybody <laughs> the world They will won't, give you some music in a minute. Don't, don't give him no music, y'all, because you know he don't know how to behave himself. So. <laughs> Wake up, everybody. That's right. Wake up, New Covenant. Wake up where you are listening to Philly. me. Put it in the chat. Wake up, everybody. Mm. Wake up, churches in the region. Wake up, Philadelphia. Wake yourself up. Wake your neighbors up. Wake your family up. Wake your children up. We can't be asleep anymore. We said it last week. We got to work while it's right. day. Right. We got to work while it's That's day because you don't know that what you do and don't do can impact somebody's life. It'll change the world. It said, the song said, the world won't get no better mm, mm, if mm. we just can let you it see be. That chorus? The world won't get no better. We got to change it. Yeah. Just you <laughs> and me, y'all. And so I was that girl who was at church all the time. All right. Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday. Friday, Sunday. You can't skip Sunday because you didn't just Sunday go though, right? to church. You went to church and then you went back to church maybe two or three more times. On Monday night, I wasn't having enough of church, so I established an intercessory prayer. <laughs> so we went back to church on Monday. Then on Wednesday, you had to fast and pray all day, every day, all week. And then you went to Bible study where you stayed for several hours, and then on Friday night, it could have been a prayer like what I got caught up in, or worship, maybe even an all-night prayer. All-night prayer, worship service. And so we did church. We did church. We did church. But I wasn't a person who just did church. I want you to write this down. Mm -hmm. I thought about it. Yes. Because sometimes when you're just doing things, you can take it for granted. Well, wait a minute. What did I really do that changed my life? Like that made me not just a person who was just doing church. Here they are. I'm going to give you exactly what I did. I thought about what I was doing. This is what I was doing. Number one, I was praying. Mm -hmm. Not just when I was in church, but I prayed whether I was on the subway, in my bedroom, I, I was praying, okay? If you know about evangelism, there's something called the ABCs of evangelism. Mm -hmm. Some call the A, ask. Some call it admit, right? You have to ask God to come into your heart. You have to admit your sins, or as we say in the, in the Bible, repent, right? We'll confess, it's the A. Yeah. B is you have to believe, mm -hmm. right? You have to believe that Jesus is the Christ. And then C, you have to confess your sins. I added some letters to this that will help push us into where we need to go. I added a Q, an R, and an S. Because That's this good. is what makes the difference. The Q is you cannot quench the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. You cannot quench the Holy Ghost. Remember, Acts told us it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by my spirit. Say if the, no, Acts 17, it says that we live in him, we live we move and we have our being. And Zechariah is said, we are, we are the ones who have this power yeah. by 
by Jesus Christ. Mm. And so you can't quench the Holy Spirit. It's the power that we wait for. That's why Jesus told them, as Omar read in the beginning, he, he said that to them. He talked to them for 40 days, and he said, stay here in Jerusalem. He said, don't go anywhere else mm. until that power comes upon you. And so you want to ask God over these next coming days for that power so that you can have it. The R is receive and the S is if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, ask for it. Find somebody who knows how to pray through with you, as we used to say, tarry for it. Because I'm telling you, it will never ever, you'll never be the same. Your mm. prayer won't be the same. How you feel won't be the same. Your how you words. look, how you walk, how you work, how you invite people, how you know what to do when they're your in confidence. your presence. Your confidence will never, ever Authority. be the same again. Mm. Okay? Good. So number one, praying and understanding those things. Number two, you have to worship. Mm. You can't just worship on Sunday. You have to create an atmosphere of worship in your That's life. Good. That's in your great. house, in your shower, in your car, in your kitchen. In your you workplace. must create a place of worship, maybe especially in your workplace, right? Number three, listen for the voice of God. Quiet yourself. Mm. Learn to hear him. How does he speak to you? How does Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is not a spirit, like just this yeah. thing that's around. No, the Holy Spirit is the person, the third person of the Godhead. Mm -hmm. The third person of the Godhead. So you have to rely on that person of the triune God to help empower you and guide you. That's good. Number four, this is key. Take notes when you're listening to the word of God. I used to carry a little book around so that even if the Holy Spirit was speaking something to me, I could write it down. Ask questions number five. Six, study. Mm. Mm. Study. To, to do what? Study to, to show, show yourself approved unto God, a workman who's worthy. You got to study. You got to study. Number seven, mm. pray some more. <laughs> I know we said number one was pray, but pray some more. The scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 28, Omar is going to read for us. It's going to remind us why we need to pray. You know what the scripture says. It said, pray what? Without ceasing. And when you hear this verse, it tells you why. It tells you rejoice. Pray without ceasing and give thanks to God. First Thessalonians, which verses? 5, yes. 16 through 28. Amen. It says, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace will sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless mm. until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that called you who will also do it. Take that. <laughs> Take that. Yeah, that's how I read that Faithful scripture. is he who called you who will, who will also do it. Wow. And so you don't need to be afraid. Because he's going to do it what? He's going to do it through you. Through you and he's Amen. gonna do something in them. Mm. Number eight, after you pray some more, do what the Bible tells you to do. It sounds simple, but that's it. Just, just do it. Do what you see them doing in Acts. That's what I did as a teenager. Number nine, invite others. And number 10, do it again, do it again, and do it again, okay? Here's what the day of hope looks like. This is, this is why I shared a story. It looks like the Acts of the Apostles. Read it. Mm. It looks like me, a storefront girl, who even when I got to, high, to college would just, because of what I heard, because of going through those 10 steps that I just shared with you, I would be obedient, you know? One time the Lord led me to call one of my best, best friends who was in Newark, New Jersey, to get, gather my brother, who was four years younger than I, tell my, my friend to gather her sisters and brothers. Teenagers, we're teenagers, we're not even mm -hmm. 20 yet. 
We fasted, we prayed, and we committed that we were going to one of the worst projects in Newark to witness to the people there. Why? Because that's what we saw happening in the book of Acts. So we figured, well, if we can go, if the power is the same, according to Romans 8, then we don't need to be afraid. We can go. And so we fasted and we prayed and we went. And what happened there gives me chills to just think about it today. We walked through that project. We knocked on doors. We gave out tracts. We prayed for people. Mm -hmm. We were challenged by spirits when we were there, but we weren't afraid. One woman opened the door and said, I've been waiting for you. Mm. We weren't afraid because we were ready. And we weren't afraid because our faith was great faith. We believed that nothing could harm us because we were moving in the power and the will of God. And we spoke right back to that spirit. And we spoke to the young men who were all in the, playing their radio loud in the, in the, in the yard. And, and I walked up and said, turn the music off. I have something to tell you. And begin to preach to them. Me, this little 4'11 girl who's not even 20 years old. And they listened. Because it's not by power mm. and it's not by might. It's not by your degree or how long you've been saved or, or, or none of that. It's obedience. Mm. If you be obedient, willing and obedient, you'll eat the fat of the land. So I just have a few scriptures that I want to go through um, as I remind us about our purpose. And then we'll, I'm going to pass this back to, to Omar. So reminding us, as we said last week, and as Omar laid down, you know, powerfully and excellent clarity just a few minutes ago, we are created in the image and likeness of God. Mm. What, Genesis 1, 26 through 27. Yep. Why? I'm, I'm just saying. Okay, I'm gotcha. Not, thank you, okay. husband. So we, why was Jesus, I imagine it as like their final PD, mm-hmm. right? Their final professional development with Jesus. So we talk about these last words of Jesus on the cross when we go through our uh, resurrection uh, season, but these were really his last words. Acts 1, 28 right. were truly his last words. And that's why we need to pay attention to that. He's spending time with them because he is the king mm-hmm. and he's about to ascend back to heaven our country, you yes. have to catch this. He's about to ascend back to heaven, which is our country. So he's letting his, he's, he's training one more time his ambassadors yep, so that they authority. know what yeah. to do when he leaves. He's delegating authority. He's telling them don't go without the Holy Spirit. Both of us can't legally be here at the same time yes, because all the power teaching. that's in me is in the Holy Ghost. And so I'm going to leave, but when I leave, I'm going to send power. I'm going to send another delegate. I'm going to send another delegate to guide you. Here it is, guys. Three things you can write this down. As an ambassador or citizen of heaven, which is our country, you have, I have, we all have together a specific mission. And just like Jesus had a specific mission. Here it is. Number one, Jesus' mission was to reestablish Because as Omar said, we lost it when Adam fell. The scripture says we were all in Adam. Mm -hmm. And so when Adam fell, we all fell. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're all able to be resurrected Mm. in him. And so Jesus' mission was to reestablish the kingdom of heaven that was lost in, in, in Eden. Jesus was not a religious leader. He was a governmental agent on a diplomatic assignment. Mm. Number three, the church, the called out ones, us, the ecclesia, is not a religious institution, but a governmental agency charged with publicizing and implementing kingdom principles and policies in the earth. You have to catch those three things because in the same way that they were Jesus's mission, when he left, whose mission did it become? What became our mission? It became your mission and my mission to reestablish the kingdom of heaven and the earth. It became your mission and my mission to not walk around like religious leaders, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but to be governmental agents on a diplomatic assignment to to reestablish the kingdom of heaven and the earth. Or 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 to say constantly, I don't know what to do with my life. Yeah. 
I don't know what God is asking me to do mm -hmm. when he's clearly showing us what he wants us to do. And as we obey that, then he opens another door. But if you never walk through the door that he already opened for you, yeah. you can't get the other doors. You can't get there. That's why he said, go first. The, that was That's the right. first part of the command. That's go. Right. That's right. And as you go, everything else opens up. Last but not least, and I think the pandemic, for those who were willing yeah. to, to hear and, and watch and receive, reminded us that the church is not a building, <laughs> right? It's not a religious institution either, but it's a governmental agency charged with publicizing and implementing the it's kingdom incredible. principles and policies in the earth. So, Acts has a bunch of highlights uh, that show us who, who we should be like, who, what we should be doing. I'm, I'm not going to tell you about that, but I'm going to, um, I'm going to just share this, this last part, this last scripture with you. So, what do we need to remember? Zechariah 4, write that down, verse 6 through 10. I said it over and over because I, I think this is the word that helps banish the mm -hmm. fear. Yes. It's not by power. Mm. It's not by might. It's not by what you have and what you don't have. It's not by your well speaking. It's by the spirit of the living God. Why? Because it's in him, it's, it's in him and through him that we live and move and have our being. Amen. Amen. I have scriptures, but we can. Okay. All right, so let me, just, yeah, yeah, let me just let me just quickly uh, add this. So as as Janine um, so powerfully uh, said, and I just want to make sure that uh, you get this. Write this down or put this in the chat. You are saved to serve. I want you to. I am saved to serve. Can you read Ephesians two verse first? Um, Ephesians 2 verse 10 is right here. Nick. Yes. So I want you to listen to this and as you hear it, you'll say, oh my, oh my goodness. I had no idea that I was saved to serve. Go ahead, Nee. For we are his workmanship. Now watch this. Stop right there. You are his workmanship or in other translations it says you are his handiwork. Mm. So what, I'm, what you want to see here is that your identity is wrapped up in what he says you are. You are my handiwork. Ricky, I'll say it like this. You are my masterpiece. So uh, you have to I declare like to yourself every day, mm -hmm. God created me as a masterpiece and he put his signature on me. Read the next one, Nee. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus yes. unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, let me, just, let me just give you an example of how powerful this is. This week, William Shatner from Star Trek, he was the captain of Star Trek, he goes to space with Jeff Bezos from Amazon. They took Blue Origin, they went to space. So he comes back and the reporter is asking him questions starts crying. He said, I'm overwhelmed by what I saw. He said, I had no idea that the creation was this beautiful. And he said, in an instant, I was in total blackness where there's no oxygen. He said, I realized that we're being held together by this, he used the word negligible, this thin uh, this thin thing that's air that you can transition to a new sphere or a new realm and there's no air. And he said, I'm overwhelmed. And I, and, I, and, I, and I quote, he said, I'm so overwhelmed by what I saw. I want to remain in this state for the rest of my life. He saw, I'm going to tell you what he saw. He saw God's handiwork. How much more, God, I hope you get this. How much more when you start to step into everything that God created you to be, how much more yeah. 
of the glory. He was in tears, 90 years old, saying this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. And he's saying that as an unbeliever. He's saying that as a person who who doesn't know God, who who saw the glory of the heavens and he was in tears. So imagine if I I couldn't help but the example uh, in Exodus 33 with Moses. Moses said, Lord, and I'm still on this handiwork part, Lord, show me your glory. He said, show me your glory. Now, God will negotiate with you. He said, this is what I love about God. He will negotiate with you. He said, now listen, no one has ever seen me face to face. But he said, you know what, Moses? Since you have made this request through prayer, I have a place right beside (laughs) me, and I want you to hide right near the cleft of that rock. Mm, mm. And he said, mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go past you, Jesus. And when I go past you, I'm going to cover your eyes and you are going to sense my glory Ooh. and my presence. Now, some scholars suggest that when he showed him his hinder parts, God, he showed him the hinder parts. That's how Moses got the revelation for the five books of the Bible. That's how he got a revelation of what happened in the beginning, because God showed him the backside. He showed him what I'm saying is Mm. when you Mm. connect and commune with God, you can reconnect to how awesome you are. And then he will crush your heart. Yes. Uh Oh, he will crush your heart. Yeah, because he's saying that same awesomeness that you have perceived, which is so much beyond what William Shatner saw, I want you to share that awesomeness with somebody else. So I want you to know that you are saved to serve. And I want you to remember this. You were not created by good works, but for good works. We don't work for our salvation. Watch this. We work because of our salvation. So you don't do good works to say, I'm going to do this so I can get in good with God. You don't have to get in good with God because he already created the work that Ricky is supposed to do, that Sam is supposed to do before the foundation of the world. But what happens is I give hope to my block because I'm saved. I love my wife. I love my children. I love my coworkers. We train them. We teach them and so forth and so on because I'm saved. Now, here's the thing that's very interesting. God says that in the end, he says in Corinthians, he says, 2 Corinthians 5.10, he says, we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to all that he's done, whether good or bad. If any man's work shall be burned, he himself shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved also by the fire. In other words, he's saying, if you live your life doing works that are bad, that don't add up, he's saying you will still make it into the kingdom, but your works will be burned up. You won't receive the reward for coming into alignment with doing the good work. So I want you to know, Works do matter for God. They don't save you. But what he's saying is he's always trying to set you up to be rewarded in eternity. That's why we have to share with you. You can't let your community be a wasteland. You can't let your, your home, your school, wherever that might be, be a wasteland. He's saying when I've filled you with all of this. So the second point that I want to make is this. If you are a follower of Jesus, God is working in you to make doing his will his personal or your personal ambition. So you might say, well, Dak, how am I going to do this? But I want you to remember from Philippians 2.13 that God is working in you to want to do what he has already planned for you. So what happens is God will create situations where you will never be satisfied or there will be certain blockages or certain barriers until you surrender. So sometimes you might think, hey, God is being a, uh, he, he doesn't like me or he doesn't care for me. No, God always has your best in mind. So what he has to do is arrange 
certain situations that will work out his will in your life. And you might say, dang, I'm so glad that I was fired from that job. Or I'm so glad that I lost that opportunity. I'm so glad this happened because if this hadn't happened, I wouldn't have been able to step into this right here. I'm so glad that I volunteered. I might have done it begrudgingly initially, but when I got there, I found a space that was all for me. And so I also want you to remember that God has given you the grace to fulfill his purpose. In other words, when you start to walk in God's purpose for your life, the grace is already there. The grace to be a leader, the grace to be an athlete, the grace to be a singer, the grace to be a teacher. But you will never know if you, um, if you don't obey what he's asking you to do, you'll forfeit the tremendous level of favor mm. that's available to you. And I, do you so, want to so add? To that good. point, uh, the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me yeah. to that point. Some, some of us are not upset or frustrated about our jobs because of the reasons we think we are. Yes. Some of us are frustrated in our fields and our spheres of influence because we're not executing the, the kingdom, the bringing of the culture, the impacting the people yeah, who are around yeah, us yeah. to the degree that God called us to. And so you're frustrated because you're not showing up as the light yes. that he called you to be in That's that good. space. That's good. That's so good. you don't, it's not about looking for another job or, or looking for, looking more, money. for more money. It's about the fact that until you do what he called you to do in that space for those people, you'll never be satisfied. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. That's a high five on that. That's a, that's a, that's a tremendous, that's a tremendous point. Put this in there. My meat mm. is to do his will. Yeah. So in other words, he's saying the meat means satisfaction. So every time you move on the will, God's will for your life, there's a degree of satisfaction that is released. That's why you can, people can look at you and say, it seems like I have more material. It seems like I have more stuff, yeah. but how is he or she enjoying their life? Because as they obey and yield mm -hmm. to the call of God upon their lives, yeah. they, the, 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 the satisfaction of God is released. Now here's the, the last uh, point that I want to make. I want you to write this down. Serving others is a platform for God to bring his greatness out of you. I do not want you to forget this. Serving others is a platform for God to bring his greatness out of you. I'm not going to read the whole scripture, but I want you to understand this. Mark chapter 10, verse 43 Jesus' disciples were arguing about greatness. And he overheard them saying, well, you know, who's, who's the greatest among us? And we each want to make sure that we have seats uh, in the kingdom. And so what's interesting about Jesus is he knows this. Write this down. Every person desires to be great. No human does not have a desire to be great. If it were not so, why do you think people want people to recognize them? Why do you think people are constantly going back to school to get more degrees? Why? Because they believe that getting this degree or getting this realm of education will push them or open more doors for them to become great. So Jesus never had a problem with your desire to be great. In fact, Jesus never rebuked 
or discourage them for their desire for greatness. Watch me here. He redefined yeah, greatness for them. He good. never, see religion will crush you, <laughs> but the kingdom of God will redefine yes. what greatness is for you. This is his whole treatise. He said, oh, I like that conversation. He didn't get intimidated by that they were talking about greatness. He didn't even tell them to shut up. He didn't rebuke them. He didn't discourage them. Now remember what I said, serving God is a platform for him revealing the greatness that is inside of you. So here's what you must discover. And here's what you get when you start to serve. This is what people are going to get when they move out on the day of hope. They're going to begin to discover their royal gift. Yes, yes. yes. So what's happening is there's too many people I got to get employment. I got to get employment. I got to get employment. It's not about employment. It's about deployment. Ooh. And so what Jesus is saying is, I want you to deploy oh yourself to the world. What does this mean? Do not miss me here. You must serve your gift to the world. Do you realize what made uh, Muhammad Yunus? Uh, who won the Nobel Prize in 2009. He was a, a university professor in Bangladesh. And he said, why am I sitting up in this ivory tower? He said, I'm going to start microcredit lending. And he said, I'm going to do everything opposite from what the banks are doing because the banks don't want to lend money to people in Bangladesh. So he started giving people $25 microcredit uh, loans. And he said, invite four of your neighbors. Yeah. Invite four of your neighbors, and we're going to establish a group. The Grameen Bank is a billion-dollar bank today, and it does not practice any of the traditional banking concepts, and it came from one man who desired to share his gift and his passion. So you can't constantly be looking for employment. You have to deploy yourself to the world through your gift. So what am I saying? So, Go so, ahead. Go ahead. So Muhammad Yunus, yes. what you have to understand is that he didn't just start that bank. He, the spirit of God came upon him because he was walking through the villages yep. on his way to work. And he saw. And so what are we saying? It won't fall on you if you don't go. Yes. Yeah. You've got to get in there. You've got to get in the trenches that's right. that's because right. the burden of God is yes. what we're missing. Yeah. That's why yeah. you feel like you can keep being disobedient and making excuses. Yep. You've got to get among the people. When you begin to see them, when you begin to hear their stories and knowing that you're filled, you're a treasure trove of hope. That's why he made a difference, because he was among them, and he kept going back, and he kept going back, and he looked for solutions, but nobody would listen to him. That's right, that's right. But just like the scripture said in Ezekiel, when God said, I looked, I was trying to I save trying these to people, them. I was trying to find, I'm looking. He said, I was looking and looking and looking. I sought for a man that's among right. them, that's right. and I couldn't and find one. I couldn't one. find any. I couldn't find any. And so as what Janine is saying, when you start to walk on the block, you're going to pick up the burden yes, of people yes, when you start seeing how people, I, I heard somebody say before, wow, it wasn't until Zoom that we saw how kids had to live. Yeah. Wasn't until we saw the, the, the video. That, like, that, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize that you, I, no wonder why you were sad coming to school. I didn't realize, I didn't realize the, I, I didn't even realize what your home looked like until I saw the video. No wonder why you didn't want to get on screen. No wonder why you didn't want to share. Maybe I would change my approach to you now that I had an opportunity to see it. Yeah. And so what Janine is saying is that we'll start to pick up the burden of how people feel when they say, well, I'm doing this because I feel trapped. I'm doing this because I feel like I'll never get out of this neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'll never have enough money. I feel like I'll never be married or I'll never um, get a good education. or I'll never be able to travel. But you, you have the hope. And, and what will happen to us if we just stay in a position of sit and get, we will start to retard and we will start to become we will start to malfunction. 
and we will start to complain about the pastor and what the church is not doing and what the church did not give us. And it's a whole world out there that's not waiting to come into your church, but it's waiting for you to come on the scene. That's what God's kingdom is like, and that's what God will fund, and that's what God will give favor to. When you start to share the gift that is trapped inside of you. Let me say this. Your energy is locked up in your gift. Yeah. Sometimes you're tired, overwhelmed, and can't do anything Same. because you're not moving in your gift. So when you see these projects, you might say, wow, I see an opportunity where I could be a leader. I see an opportunity where I could train kids. I see an opportunity where... I want, I'm passionate about the homeless and somebody is doing that. I see an opportunity where I could work with senior citizens. And as you do that, the Holy Ghost will say, you know, you're supposed to write a book on this. You know, you're supposed to open up a center. Why don't you have lunch with that guy that you were doing the project with? There's a next step found in that. In other words, he's going to give you a contract for something else, but you will never know if you, don't, if you don't move into it. So, wow. I want you to be so committed to sharing your passion and sharing your gift that you become a slave to it. Mm. That you become a slave to it. Because when Jesus talks about being a servant, the servant being the greatest of them all, He's saying, no, 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 no. I want you to, he said, I, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve myself yeah. to the world. When you start to get to a position of serving yourself to the world, you'll never be broke. Mm. You'll never be without peace. You'll never be without joy. And you'll never you'll never want for recognition. You'll never want for any of those things because when you get to that point, you become a game changer. So here's, I'm, it's all here for you guys. On the 23rd of October, which is next Saturday, I want to just give a shout out to all of these people who have uh, projects. I want to give a shout out to, um, to, to, to Deacon Robert Brown. They are building trees, or they're planting trees in Camden. I want to give a shout out to, uh, to folks who are going to be at the Cathedral Kitchen uh, in West Philadelphia. Uh, they have a whole leadership team. I want to give a shout out to Sister Thelma Anderson, who's going to be at uh, Families Forward at uh, 111 North 49th Street. There's, uh, wow, there's a block cleanup. Sister Myra Ruse, there's a block cleanup on Mechanic Street. She's organized all of these neighbors that are going to be doing a block cleanup. They're doing a block cleanup in Willow Grove. Sister Lola Conwell, uh, these are individuals that are making it happening, and all you need to do is go to the dayofhope.care if you are interested in signing up for these projects because they are going to be life-changing. I will not mention some of the others. There's so many, but I just want to give you some samples of people that are doing some amazing, amazing things. And I want to end with this. The person... The person who brings the most hope will have the most authority. Oftentimes we lose our communities because we don't bring enough hope. But the, we can reclaim our communities, our families, our relationships, the workplace, when we start to bring about um, enough hope. And Romans 12, 1 says this, I beg you. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, 
which is your reasonable service. Janine and I want to thank you. We, want, we have bands for people that are going to be part of project, uh, project teams, project leaders. This thing is going to be absolutely amazing. God will bless you tremendously, and this is the beginning of better days to come. Peace. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.